and welcome to Cinema Spectator, show where an expert and a casual movie fan, actually two experts, jump on a show and and uh, and hit you with sanitary pads, Isaac, uh, in the shower. Plug it up. Plug <laughs> it up. Oh my God. A show where an expert and a casual movie fan watch movies in the cinematic canon. Today, we watched, obviously, Carrie, directed by Brian De Palma, starring Sissy Spacek and Piper Laurie. My name is Cameron Tuttle, and I'm joined with Isaac Ransom. Isaac, and actually, Juzo, Juzo Greenwood, a special guest, obviously. He's a uh, you know, a, a big fan of the show and someone who um, we respect his opinion most of the time. So, <laughs> oh, thank you for having me back. We're Isaac, glad to have you, Juzo. He, he, you are definitely a film expert by a long shot. I had a phone call with Darren, our one of our producers, uh, yesterday, and I, I don't know. We just for some reason started talking about you, and he was like, "That guy, like." I just don't think he watches enough movies. Like that's what he said <laughs> over the phone. I was like, it's actually unbelievable. I don't know how Juzo keeps watching so many. But uh yeah, I think I think you might outshine Cameron in his expertise. I think I, that's my favorite part about having you on the show, is that it's just battle of the brains and I just sit here like a <laughs> child waiting for a happy meal or something. I don't know. When it comes to watching so many movies, Cameron actually erroneously mentioned last week that I watched 40 movies a month. Which was untrue, but it, it caused me to then try to watch 40 movies last month. And I think oh, I made geez. it to 37, but uh, yeah, I was kind of disappointed in myself. The, I, the, the thing is, like, Juza watches more movies than anybody that I've ever known. So it's like, you know, if it was like 20 or if it was 40, it would still be more than like 99.9% .9 of the planet. So, like, it doesn't really matter, you know, like. <laughs> <laughs> because no, it's a I don't know. number. I don't so. know what it is, but um, you know, if you're in the top like 0.1% of movie watchers, uh, you know, it's you're it it doesn't matter how many you watch. I'll, I'll just exaggerate. It's like it's like my every movie that's over two hours is three hours basically. It's the same <laughs> <Right>. thing. <laughs> well, I'll try. I'm trying to get to 40 this month, so we'll see. Anyway, oh geez, why don't why even do that to yourself? Oh wait, I should also address because uh, you're doing introductions. This is Jules. She's just sitting in the background. I don't know if the video feed or all the audio and everything is going to work out for this episode. We're having a ton of technical things that we're, we're working out, but I didn't want to just like not acknowledge you in the background. Some weird, like, I don't know this with the green light. It kind of looks like we're in the matrix. I don't know what's happening. It's, it keeps changing colors. So something, something's happening, but she's gracious enough to allow me to record in her studio space. So thank you, Jules. And don't oh, be too distracting. Very cool. Good to yeah. have you, Jules. I hope you like the movie. Oh, she, she actually she didn't get me. to watch it, which oh. I'm like, I'm so disappointed. I really wish somebody had told me you got to watch it with I, Jules. Cause I was thinking about it. I was actually thinking about it because I was like, this is, I, I mean, I, I actually kind of just assumed because most of the movies you watch with Jules. So I, I was like, oh, I hope she really likes this movie. It's like such a like young uh, like growing, like female growing up movie. Like, I don't know. It's, it's, oh, it's a great, yeah. it's a great one for that. And like, Absolutely. yeah, so I should, I should have told you, I should have said like total, sometimes I tell you not a Jules movie, but <laughs> this one I should have said <laughs> is a Jules movie. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. I just, I feel pretty bummed that I didn't jump on it. Cause there was a part of me that was like, cause we're recording on a Wednesday. So I had like Monday and Tuesday to sort of figure out when or how I was going to watch this film. And it was like basically 
I, I, I just spun the revolver, you know, I was like, I looked at the cover. I was like, I'm not sure about this movie. It looks kind of gross. It looks really violent. And so I was like, I'm just going to, th- I'm going to just watch it on my own and hopefully that will be okay. But I'm super disappointed. I feel like it is like the, the predecessor to like Jennifer's body energy, you know, like there's definitely that zaniness about this film that is very fun. So I'm, I'm bummed. I will, I'll probably end up watching this movie with Jules, but I don't want to get ahead of myself and talking about the film when we have some intro stuff going on. We can be brief because there's three of us, but I don't know, Cameron, you want to give a life update? How, how are things going with you? Yeah, doing well. I did want to mention, not really a life update, um, but I did want to mention last month was actually our best month ever in terms of listens and downloads. So I'm really happy about that. I I wrote a note on Patreon and um, yeah, just kind of thanking our audience and uh, everything like that. So, um, you know, here's to to October. It's a fun month. Um, You know, here's to kind of keeping the trend going. So um, I think we kind of have... uh, um, both of us almost have like um, not a new passion for the show, but like we're kind of re-inspired in this upcoming year. And um, mm. we've been talking about like directions for the show. And I feel I feel good. I feel like it's a good energy um, for where the show is going. So um, I'm happy about about, you know, how things are are right now. So that's that's all yeah. I want to mention. Yeah, no, thank you to all of you that listen to the show. I mean, I know we say it at the end of the show. We say it in middle parts or however often we can or remember to. But, like, it means so much that people want to listen to us. And, you know, we're small, but we're passionate about what we're talking about. To me, like, this show is just so fun to do with Cameron. And when we get burned out, there's always a reason to keep going and not, you know, not give up on the show. It's really, um, it's really, like... A pleasure to be doing it we've made sure that it's it's something that's fun and we want to keep doing it so we're so grateful for the support that you guys have showed us uh so far although uh, also like just shout out to some of our listeners in the uk and listeners yeah. in canada we do have a heat map so i know that we're very you know we talk like Californian boys and, you know, we're a little bit obnoxious when talking about movies overseas with our limited view. Well, I am, I have a limited view. I'm the, I'm not the expert in this case, but, uh, just, I love that we have a little bit of a global audience. So thank I you guys will for say all the support. If, if you listen from the UK or if you're, you know, if you're, uh, overseas, please do write in. We, we, you know, we'd love to hear from you because, uh, uh, w- one of the questions is why. And the other question is like, what, what movies can we cover from like your country too? Like that's a, it's, a, it's actually something that I'm interested in. Um, because you get different perspectives with the things that you're, you know, you grow up on and, and the different movies that you, um, you know, you get involved with. So it's true. Juzo, I don't want to leave you out. How are you, man? How, how, I'm, how have I'm things been? I'm doing well. I, uh, I don't know. For me, the big thing that I, I've been enjoying is actually uh, doing some editing for your show. Now, the editing is, of course, no work. I'm just clipping out a little clips. But the actual thing that's sort of in- more interesting is just I listen through the episodes and I'm taking notes of, like, what are the candidates for what should become the clips. And uh, so that's that's been fun. Um I think you guys talked about before me and Cameron went out and saw Mad Max Fury Road, which yeah. is the highlight of last month, maybe of my entire year. <laughs> that was just a beautiful experience. And uh, yeah, overall, I'm I'm doing pretty well. 
Oh, I love that movie. I wish oh, so I wish good. I could have come and hang out with you guys. I know you oh. invited me to go see a film with you recently, Juzo. And I just my weekends have been swamped with, you know, my new work and everything. I just I was actually talking to Jules at dinner and I was like, I literally don't have like free evenings. Like this is one of my free evenings and it's already booked. So I'm trying to get out. I'm trying to do fun things on Saturday. I think I'm gonna go see Venom with Tim. Uh, in San Jose, which is just funny. I don't know why we're gonna. Yeah, let, let me know dude. how that is, because I yeah, the trailers were not promising to me, but you know. No, I I just it's fun. got this weird kind of like love for the movie around surrounding it right now, and I guess it's directed by Andy Serkis, which is really confusing. And then apparently yeah. Woody Harrelson's <laughs> in the movie, which I'm like, I didn't even yeah. know that. Like, why yeah. is he in this movie? Right. So yeah, I I I think it's gonna be more of a joke to go see it but well uh, you know i'll definitely report back and tell you guys what i think well it's, it's, it is but. doing very well uh which is nice to see and i think bond is going to do really well this weekend yeah, yeah. which is probably that's probably what i'm going to be seeing this weekend in terms of theaters i don't know what you guys feel about james bond but in my household my my dad is like so excited to see the new james bond and i am mm. too actually the trailer um i saw it when we went to see mad max and uh it was it was actually really good um like I I'm not a huge Bond fan. Um, never really have been, but um, I'm interested in seeing it. And if it's if it's good, I mean, report back. I'll, I I have no time this weekend, but uh, maybe in the upcoming yeah. week, I'll I'll go see it's it. A pre- it's a pretty solid filmmaker. It's the guy who made. I think his most famous thing actually is the first season of True Detective. I'm not sure if you guys saw. Oh that, yeah, but, love that. Um, love that. You season. know, people people like that guy. So. Yeah, I'm excited. I've been in terms of stuff. I don't know if we're doing like what we watched this week, but I've been going through the Craig Bond movies and uh, Casino Royale. Just that is a movie that kicks ass, man. Mm. That's just it's so good. I don't know if you guys have seen that, but yeah. I actually have not. I've only seen Skyfall, and that's about it. And I really, I actually really liked Skyfall. I remember watching it and thinking to myself, "This movie makes you feel like you should like James Bond." Oh, and it's a fabulous movie. Yeah. yeah. And this is one thing I one of the few movies I disagree with Cameron about. He has some weird antipathy towards Skyfall that I completely don't understand. It's it, it seems like a completely irresistible movie. And maybe this is an interesting I, I've always wanted to do this for either your show or my show, is, is find something that me and Isaac can team up against Cameron on. <laughs> In terms of something we like, so maybe they, that would be one of them. Well, uh, well, there's not many. I don't want to get super into it, but the the problem for me with Skyfall is like, like a lot of spy movies, it's mostly just nonsense, and I don't know why, but it it just picks on my brain like more it's a than very most simple movie. Um, it's very. I, I don't know what it is, but it's it's yeah. It's I'm like, I have a hard time. Spy movies for me are just like the most like schlocky nonsensical um narratives i, I don't I, I i'm not sure but it i don't know how you and it's like deacon shot it it's like the most beautiful <laughs> looking i can i can't believe this but you mick you're in you're in the team with mick lasalle which maybe isn't the greatest sign because yeah he just ranked all the bond movies he put it at 20th oof, so oof. yeah both mm. of you guys are have whack opinions but yeah I love well skyfall. i i don't know skyfall for me was there was something like really pretty about the movie. And I think that the plot does make sense. And I would agree with you, Cameron, that spy movies are kind of all over the place, but like, what do you expect? You know, like, I mean, that's, it's kind of like, I mean, you, I know, I know you're a huge fan of mission impossible and those movies are awesome. I think, 
I think they're great. But you like the last Mission Impossible movie, which literally makes no sense. <laughs> like that movie, that movie it's is same, just it's like the same thing. so stupid. It's I didn't true. even know it's what was true. happening. You yeah. know, um, it's the which plot I, is just a clothesline to see act, great action scenes and cool people doing awesome things. It's no more complicated than that. No, it's, it doesn't matter but, what the MacGuffin is or whatever. Fair, fair enough. I mean, I, I think, I, it's possible. I just need to rewatch it, honestly, because I, I think I only saw it in theaters. Um, so I, I don't know. I might but, have a, a different opinion on it. But I think that Mission Impossible: Rogue Nation is like the best. I literally, even in terms of plot, even though like it's kind of out there, I feel like it actually makes sense, and that's why I really like that one. And I'll stand by it. It's better than Ghost Protocol. Also a great movie. Than, yeah. Also much movie. better than the the last one. Well, so. I think I think Isaac, you need to revisit Fallout because I don't. I just think Fallout is wonderful. It's amazing. I do. I th- I'm I'm totally with you that Rogue Nation is great as well. So. Um, but we, we I, can save this discussion for the Mission Impossible pod. I literally think about Rogue Nation all the time. <laughs> I cannot oh even God. tell you why. Like, the, uh, So I had this experience with Jules, uh, and this is so random, but I was in Reno for like last weekend. And we went backstage uh, for this concert. And the stage looked big, but after the concert ended, the curtains rolled up. And you see those layers, and I'm like... Oh my goodness! Just like Rogue Nation, you know, <laughs> yeah, and they literally had the the they literally rifle. had a massive jet engine behind stage, like 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 I think it was a prop, but it literally looked like a a private jet just sitting back there wow. in this hangar, and yeah. they had all these props, and I was like thinking about you know how that chick builds a sniper out yeah. of a flute, you know, yeah. and sits oh, in. Awesome. I'm like that that is <laughs> so like great. one of the greatest spy movie moments ever like that i just i think it's so good real i actually when i did my top 25 of 2015 i set the part of the video that had fury road to that opera piece i just love that whole that whole mm. sequence is it's so such good. a yeah that's such a good scene and the ending also when they when they remember they look at each other at the end and he uses or is he using himself as a body shield i remember that moment where the sound goes out and they look at each other i saw it in the theater i i might have actually gotten like choked up in that moment because it was so <laughs> awesome i was like oh hell yeah it's so great uh, yeah just beautiful oh yeah no that it's it's awesome i don't have like a huge bond thing although i do want to see the new one because i've been hearing some interesting things about it you know i i know that there's been like some commentary about like the trailers not really fully representing what the film is and that almost being a good thing. Um, yeah, so I'm I've heard like, I've heard mixed things about it. I wanted to see it with Tim on Saturday, but he's seeing it uh, like this when like Wednesday or Thursday. So uh, uh, yeah, tomorrow he's seeing it tomorrow and I don't have time to go see it then. So uh, if his, if his plans change, maybe we'll go see it twice instead of venom. But you know, he, he wants to watch things he hasn't seen yet. He wanted to watch a bunch of weird art films. He was like, okay, we got to watch like this strange, like horror movie that has about, about a guy with a baby that's half sheep and half baby. And I was like, oh, I don't lamb. <laughs> that that <laughs> was like, I, movie. that looked all right. I, I, he actually it's wanted to take you to the movie. That's the follow up to raw. Um, what what was the movie called? I, I wanted to take Isaac to yeah, Titan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's where. And I said woman, it would probably be too extreme for you, Isaac. But uh. yeah, she has um, <laughs> what's I can't say the word a sexual intercourse with a car. A car impregnates <laughs> her. That's what happens. <laughs> and it won why the Palm Dorit can. 
Who wants to watch that? No one wants to watch that. That's, I, that to. sounds pretty Absolutely. hilarious. I'm going to be honest. Awesome. That, sounds, that sounds great. Um, I'm very excited to see that. All right. Well, let's. we need to get into this <laughs> discussion. Yes, yes. We're, we are going to get there, okay? But first, people have been loving Cameron's hot take. So, Cameron, are you ready? Ooh, yes, I'm ready. Off the, top of your, off the top of your head, favorite blood scene in a movie. Let's just talk about like blood as like the focus in the scene um, as a character. The, the elevator scene from The Shining um and the the reason why is because first of all it's awesome. Second of all, it they did like two takes of it because it was super expensive to shoot. And third, um he lied to the ratings board when uh, the movie was being <laughs> <laughs> was like when when they were giving like trailers for the movie because um he he said that it was rust <laughs> it was like rust colored water rust instead water. of blood um so that he because you couldn't show blood on like in trailers in movie trailers um that's why he's the best director it's just yeah. awesome it's wow. so good and he it was so good that he showed it like three times in the movie so <laughs> Um, obviously it's the best blood scene ever. There's no, there's no, also though, you know, to be fair, if you're going to go with like blood, like there's so much bloody content in movies generally. Um, I love, uh, I think the head explosion from scanners is awesome. I mean, that's, that's a great blood scene. Um, but there's like so much to choose from. Like, it's really hard to narrow down. I would say, Juzo, do you yeah, have a, do you have a hot take the, on this? I, I, I kind of don't. Cause my brain is just like f- freezing over trying to think of all these. Cause I can't think of, and I'm thinking of like images, like there's some shot or where someone has blood on their fingers or they look at their fingers, but I don't know what movie that is. Um, I can't, I can't think of one right off the top of my head. Oh, you, I know, you really took the famous one. I know what you're what you're thinking of. It's uh um it's National Treasure when he cuts his thumb open. <laughs> <That's>, no, <laughs> he I'm puts it on the of, pipe. That's that's uh that's very clever there. National well, I was treasure. trying to think of scenes where like blood pours out because of course Carrie has this mm. awesome ending scene with the bucket, and I was like, I think this is a great theme to 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 kind of chew on you know I, i'm not surprised cameron that you picked the elevator that was like the one in my mind where i was like yeah it's like you can just you remember the scene with the liquid yeah flowing out but then 100%. if you expand it kind of to like violence or like blood taking the main stage the first thing i think about usually is like tarantino movies are bloody yeah you know yeah, yeah. but that i don't know my, if it, yeah Belated I don't know. Take. Yeah. yeah, I don't know if it kind of like fits what I was really trying to ask with the question. I think I think the elevator scene is a better representation where it's like this ocean well, uh, of blood. Okay, okay. You know? One shot in Kill Bill where after like everybody's dead um in like the the crazy 88 um you know fight scene and um you know they fall into the water and and it just like turns red. Like that scene's awesome. And then like the 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 blood exploding from the you know severed heads and whatnot like that like Kill Bill just generally as a blood soaked uh 
the one I just thought of was a hateful eight and not not any bloodletting in particular, but, but just blood vomiting. Jennifer Jason Lee <laughs> by the end of the movie, how she's just covered mm. in blood and looks just oh, deranged. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then when you said Tarantino, I actually thought this is actually is one of the best ones is when the slave guy gets shot and the blood hits <laughs> on the, the cotton, cotton yeah. in Django. That's pretty awesome. that's pretty darn great. Um, uh, you know, I was actually thinking of a different scene from Django when I was like when I wanted to bring up Tarantino and blood and it's that famous, the famous moment with DiCaprio, right? Where he cuts his hand. Yeah. And there's, it's awesome. There's, and it's real. (laughs) Yeah. I think that like when it, when I, cause I was like, well, you know, there are Tarantino just has tons of blood everywhere, but like nothing sticks out. Like, the moment where it's like real blood. Yeah. It's not and, like he, the, and he the, wipes it on her face and it's ugh, just, yeah. 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 And I Which mean, I'm hoping was there was a cut between that, but I don't know. I don't Either think way, there, awesome. I don't know if there was, I think that was the same take. Um, yeah. Well, I don't, and I don't, I think it true. was improvised too. Um, yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, if you don't know about that scene, definitely look it up from Kerry Washington's a trooper. Yeah. It's yeah. it's an amazing sequence. It, like that whole that whole dinner sequence is uh, the be- probably the best part of that movie. The best just, scene in the movie. Yeah. Absolutely. Um so, you know, we could probably go on and on just cuz it's three of us. That's that's <laughs> <laughs> That's the fun part of having three chairs, but this is Cinema Spectator, where we review a movie presented by the experts. I'm the casual, and I don't know anything that I'm talking about. You can support us at patreon.com slash ECFS Productions, throw a couple dollars our way, get exclusive access to a bonus episode each month, or a commentary track. We give you one piece of content each month. Support us there. You can have your questions read on air, especially because none of our Patreons ever write in. So if you write in, you can 100% have a question read on this air, or uh, on the show. Uh, just message us through the patreon app if you don't have a few dollars oh sorry (laughs) oh it's all good i was on a flow juzo you're you're tripping me up if you don't have dollars it's it's okay we get it uh you can just give us a rating on itunes tell friends and family that helps the show grow it all helps juzo go ahead no i just want to say i'm sorry i never write questions i don't know why i never because i'm always like i'd like to write in question but i I can just never think of any and that's not that's such a lie juzo because you text me things all the time (laughs) but (laughs) i text no i just text you jokes or like observations (laughs) that's fine you can you can say you can send anything for the show we'll we'll write but you know i think it's just because i know you guys it feels weird to ask a question it's like how I, when I met Mick LaSalle every week, I stopped. I, I never wrote to his column again because yeah, it just seems yeah. stupid to, I don't know. <laughs> but anyway. Well, here's the other thing. If you don't, like if you're from out of the States or you're in the States and you listen to the show and, you know, you don't talk to us on a personal level because we mentioned kind of the same people throughout the lifespan of this show, like message us on Patreon. Even if you don't have a few dollars, we'd love to get to know you. We'd love to know what you like about the show um anything like we if you message us i promise you we won't read it on air if you disclose that right and, um, but and we will not, read it and we will respond so i mean <laughs> yeah there's, yeah yes yeah so please reach out it, all the support helps cameron it's time to get into carry it's only been what 22 minutes or something like that Whatever. we've been recording <laughs> this but one will go long i'm sure it it's you know it's uh uh, we've got three people. Uh, that's what happens. Um, yeah, Carrie. I mean, one of the reasons why I wanted to show you this was because I watched it in college for the first time with Juzo, um, which is why he's here. And, um, I just thought it was so awesome and so fun. 
Um, no, I honestly, there's no other reason than that. It's not. I think it is kind of considered in the general canon of of classic horror movies, but I wouldn't oh, say it's absolutely. like I wouldn't say it's like the forefront of the canon necessarily. You know, like you don't think of it right away when you when you think of like old classic horror movies. I'm not sure that most people do. I do personally, but um, I, you know, I'm not sure it's necessarily in the canon. So one of the things about this movie is it's based on uh, the Stephen King novel, which is actually, I believe it was his first novel. Um, and it was the, definitely the first adaptation of one of his books. And I think he wrote uh, Carrie in 75 and this movie came out or it's either 75 or 74 and this movie came out in 76 so um, it, it was very recent after he had written the book kind of became a, a big success although um, you know he wasn't a well-known name so like it wasn't advertised as most of his movies are nowadays as a Stephen King adaptation um, and Another thing to note about that is he actually really liked this adaptation, uh, which is kind of rare for his books. Um, it it could just be that it was like his first project, so he didn't really like have that much of an attachment to it um, in the way that he does with his his other books. But um, you know, like he actually he actually thought it it is a good adaptation of his book, and he thought it was um, you know uh, uh, I don't know he he. He liked it out of all of his movie adaptations, which is kind of saying something because I think at this point there's been over a hundred adaptations, right? Um, of his of his books, is that right, Juzo? Yeah, uh, I wouldn't uh, be surprised. Yeah, yeah um, every year there's multiple ones. Yeah, it's yeah. it's kind of insane. I mean, well, first of all, um, I'm not sure, Isaac. Do you have any attachment to Stephen King? Have you read any of his books? No, I I don't know much about him besides his attachment to it and sort of the the cult following that that has. I the have Shining. Been... Also, you guys watched right? Uh, Wait, what? Yeah, The Shining. Yeah, mm-hmm. which he didn't oh. like. He didn't like that ad- adaptation. But yeah. yeah, King didn't. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know much about him, and honestly, I totally forgot that he wrote The Shining. I don't. I knew I knew that at one point, but wow, that's. <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of funny. Um, no, I don't I don't know much about him. I love that like there is so much kind of like baked in depth or there should be uh, in the adaptations of his of his writing because like he is a little bit of a scholar in some regard, right? And I, I that like I've never seen it. I've been too much of a wuss to watch it, but I'm with like, you, man. <laughs> the the thing that I'm like drawn to with that film is the kind of underlying commentary around like the the novel and because I, I, I have an idea of like the plot the idea of like you know being traumatized as a kid and then growing up to face that trauma again like that's like a really um i don't know powerful statement and structure for a story i just wish that it didn't involve like a, a clown with teeth you know um so <laughs> like yeah like i mean i'm definitely like respect i i hope like i'm respectful of like his work i just i'm not i'm not that's a long answer for a short question mm. <laughs> you oh, know have you seen shawshank redemption i have not no oh okay that's also stephen king no yeah, yeah. not not in that same genre though um yeah i'm not like super familiar with king either um i know 
obviously I've seen lots of his adaptations um, and some of them are actually genuinely considered excellent movies. There's like such a spectrum <laughs> with his work. Um, I guess it's not even technically his. It's like adaptations of his work. So, um, you know, you see you see bad stuff and you see you see really good stuff. Shawshank is obviously considered one of his best. I think The Shining, you know, again, is is one of the best adaptations of his work. So um, I'm not too familiar with his writing, but I know kind of his, you know, he's left such a legacy in terms of pop culture and, um, you know, late 20th century writing and horror, especially is like very much down to his influence in a lot of ways. So um, just wanted to mention that right up front um, in terms of the movie, though. Um, this is directed by Brian De Palma, as I said. Um, it was one of his earlier films. Um, I think in terms of his career, this uh, I wouldn't say it was like a catalyst necessarily, but like it was it was definitely in what's kind of considered the De Palma like, you know, span of films like it's definitely in his canon. Um, and, you know, he. he he kind of stopped making movies, um, what in the nineties, early two thousands. De Palma. Um, well, I mean, he he's his output is slowed. He had a movie out two years ago, right? But yeah, he hasn't had a a big movie since probably the nineties. Yeah, a Carlito's Way. I don't know. I mean, yeah, he's he's definitely slowed down. Though I, I mean, I think some of the at least one movie he made in the two thousands was good, but yeah, he's he's not the big name like people go to his movies on the name filmmaker he was post Carrie and into the 80s when he did Scarface and yeah blowout stuff like that yeah well and I would say he's he's in the same generation as Spielberg as um you know uh as Coppola especially and you know he's kind of in that film brat generation um a little bit overlooked in my opinion, but, um, he's one that kind of definitely has, has, you know, totally a canon of films that is recognizable and, um, has left an impact on cinema. So I, I wouldn't, you know, whether he's, you know, kept his legacy or not, like he's definitely in sort of that era as, as a big player. So, um, yeah, so I I would say, you know, that's kind of just the background that I would give to this movie. Um other than that, I mean, you know, 76, it's kind of in the height of um of what we think of as modern horror movies. Um so it's it's really, you know, the 70s were very dominant in terms of of what, you know, what horror was originally and then what it became. Um, the seventies were like really a turning point. And so this, I think this movie is a great example of, of that, um, being more extreme and a, a bit more, um, risque, a bit more, um, almost like, uh, physical in a lot of ways and less expressionistic, um, as you might see in earlier horror movies. So, um, I don't know. This is, this is a good example of, um, of the shift in, you know, what horror movies were from sort of the 
late forties to the early, uh, to the late sixties, um, onward. Um, this is, you know, right in the prime of that, but yeah, that's, that's all the context I would give. And for those of you who haven't seen the film, I'll just kind of give a quick plot overview. This movie follows a young girl named Carrie, who is very awkward, social outcast in high school, who is experiencing changes in adolescence, and uh, she has a very encouraging gym teacher and a very discouraging mother who is probably, you know, a very scary, creepy version of a Bible-bashing, like, Baptist. I don't know. Uh, and and so she struggles with this as she, um, you know, gets bullied, and uh, her gym teacher tries to help her, you know, find her way in high school, and it kind of all culminates at this at this dance. So I don't want to give away much more than that. I don't think that this movie really, I mean, we might get into spoiler aspects of it. I don't know that you don't really watch this movie for the plot. That's how I felt watching it. I was just kind of there for the ride. Um, but yeah, I mean, I guess we can, we can kind of get into impressions. I want to hear your impressions of the film, Cameron, like your first viewing and how that's evolved. And same with you, Juzo, cause I'm sure you've seen this movie a couple times, but just personally on face value i watched this movie two days ago i just thought i got a big kick out of it i thought it was really funny um it i found that like this movie feels like it has a lot of things to say and there's some really good like messages or or thoughts on like you know social whatever like i, I don't know what you want to call it but like a social like um hierarchy or, or, you know, someone that's high school. Yeah. 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 Like someone that gets picked on and all that. But I, I never felt like those things came forward in any meaningful way because of how silly and crazy this movie is. Um, I kind of just felt that it was like a good time. It was very goofy and I was honestly just wanting to see how it all kind of played out in the last moments and it paid off. I thought it was like really wild in the, in the ending. So overall I'm really positive about the movie. I'm not like, I don't know. I I guess I can say like, I see why some people don't think of this film when they're thinking of like horror classics. Right. But it's still like pretty easy to watch. It was, it was, it was a fun time. It's crazy. Cameron, I want to know like kind of your thoughts and, and your experience with this, with this movie. Yeah, I mean, for me, like I said, I watched it with Jesus for the first time um, in college, and it's a movie that um, is at the same time hilarious and over the top and really fun and also very, very serious um, and very um, dark and and depressing in, in a lot of ways. Um, and so I think it actually does a really good balance of being, um, like you said, being that sort of commentary, being a little bit about bullying, well, a lot about bullying, um, a lot about sort of the social pressures of growing up and whatnot. Um, and then at the same time, it's pretty ridiculous and pretty, um, absurd. And, um, I don't know. I think there was a little bit of that tension on set too. Like I know some of the actors were basically like, Oh, is this a comedy? Like, are we, what are we doing here? Like, are we, um, 
you know, is this a, is this a serious movie or not? But, um, I don't know for me, I think a lot of it is, um, funny and some of it is very, is actually very scary in terms of how people, I think it's true that people do get like picked on like this and people get outcast from, you know, from school in their social group or whatever else. Like, I think this example, like the, there's the opening sequence, obviously, which is, um, super over the top and, you know, TNA and, you know, very much, uh, you know, in the, in the vein of like a seventies horror movie, um, where, you know, there's this, the shower sequence and then it goes straight into something that is actually horrifying, which is, you know, this, this prolonged sequence of bullying. Um, and it, it's, it's very, you know, I think it does a good job of balancing that, um, how how dark it gets and how o- over the top and a little bit silly it is at the same time um and overall i mean it's just such a fun watch like there's other than than just being interesting and kind of saying certain things like it is just a ton of fun and more than anything else it's it's just a like such a joy to watch i guess i don't know Judo, do you do you feel the same way? Absolutely, a- absolutely. Um, do you want me to hold it all, Isaac? Will you fix the thing, or should I just go? No, it's okay. Keep going. Okay. Um, no, it was it was such a pleasure to revisit this movie. Um, I think you know it was the second movie like in quick succession I watched today. I had to just like blitz two movies, and I was so I was kind of like, oh god, I just have to watch this just out of obligation. It took me like two minutes for me to be like. I'm having a great time. This is just, it's yeah. just such a good movie. Great movie. Um, but I did find it was interesting, the contrast between the watching it now and when we watched it five or so years ago together, where I felt sort of surprised that it was not as funny as I thought. When we mm. watched it together, um, you might have been <laughs> drinking. I don't know. But we were definitely, you know, it's, it's like guys hanging out. We're having a great time. Um, I, it's very, it is very over the top. And it, I remember us laughing considerably throughout the movie and just having a great time watching it. And, but watching this time, I was struck by, um, you know, how sort of like tragic and sad it is yeah. at the same time and how I, like, I, I think I would push back a little on what Isaac said about like it, not touching on those themes about, uh, bullying or the social stratification of high school or just the, you know, um, the feeling of loneliness or hopelessness. Um, I think all of those things are tackled as seriously as you could tackle them. And the movie is ridiculous and over the top and silly and delightful. Like it's all those things at once, which is really interesting. I mean, just if it, when you talk about that opening scene, you know, it is this kind of ridiculous, you know, uh, g- naked girls, you know, jumping around slow motion. But it's like the music he's playing is so is like this heart rending, like Morricone esque mm-hmm. score. It's like so beautiful as you're seeing these like, you know, the phallic uh, shower head <laughs> and, you know, shots of her, you know, rubbing her breasts. And it's like it's such an interesting juxtaposition of things and it's it's not a clash of things it's it's they all are of a piece and um 
I mean, it's it's it just an enormously entertaining movie to watch. But, um, you know, that whole that whole scene, I don't think it's also knowing where it's going, um, watching that whole climactic sequence where she's dancing and and feeling sort of loved and accepted for the first time is heartbreaking. Yeah. It's like so yeah. powerful. I, I guess I maybe I should have said a spoiler warning, but you guys have kind of got it into that. Um, but it's it's I, I, I think it's just an extraordinary movie. Um, and 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 also just astonishing craftsmanship, beautifully made movie score, the um the uh, all the kind of stylistic flourishes of De Palma's camera work, all, yeah. all everything about it, just wonderful. Well, I don't know if I I don't know if I agree with you, Juzo, and and I this is where I I thought this conversation was gonna go. And maybe it's because I just don't know, but like I think this movie looks janky as heck. Like it, it I I think it's like really silly all around. Like and and I know maybe that's because like I don't have the analysis of it, but I do think that this movie is viewed in rose-tinted glasses cuz as I'm sitting there watching it, I'm thinking to myself, what year did The Shining come out? Because I don't think this movie even has a chance of comparing to something like that, you know? Um, like, I, think I can't... I think it's better. But <laughs> you know, but, like, in all honesty, I'm like, sure, maybe this movie's more entertaining, right? And I and I do think it has, like, a, a very heartfelt kind of, you know, humanity to it, right? You, you feel for Carrie's character and what she's going through, but I don't think that this movie looks great. <laughs> I think it looks weird i don't even know how to put it like it feels like spirit halloween like spirit halloween made a movie you know um know. is spirit halloween a, the the store yeah exactly that's that's what i was thinking about the whole time especially the ending shot with the stupid black rocks and the you know the little like <laughs> cross and everything i was like oh my gosh what's gonna happen oh, like her hand I love, comes out of it i, I love the last, I, I love the last shot <laughs> no i mean like it's good like, I'm not saying it's not good, but it doesn't look amazing. Like, that's not what I was thinking when I was watching I th- it. I was well, like... Uh, hard disagree. Uh, yeah, I, I also hard, hard disagree. disagree. Um, Incredible looking movie. Um, I think just as a... Um, I think it's it's u- interesting how unique it looks. Um, and I guess that... I, I think maybe you're you're picking it out as like kitschy or something. Um, I guess I could yeah. see that, uh, but I I I definitely disagree in terms of it's um, like movies like that didn't like movies didn't really look like that until after this movie in a lot of ways, um, and and I think a lot of the worst horror movies that you'll see on like. Uh, best of the worst or something like a lot of the worst horror movies are trying to look like Carrie um they're trying which is opposite. yeah which is which is kind of the point is like Carrie looks um it's like a unique capture of of high school in a lot of ways like you you don't you don't see high school sort of picked out in this in this particular way and and 70s high school like it yeah. is it is yeah. it's so 70s right to pick up it's on so the tackiness 70s. of it because it is capturing the 
ugliness of it like that where you see the wide shot of the prom yeah and all yeah. the kind of like it reminded <laughs> me of my like middle school prom yeah. where it's like all these like cut out things and it just looks so dopey but it's like that's that's what it, your prom looks like unless you have you know go to some fancy high school or go to some whatever but yeah i mean it's um a prominent gymnasium looks like that but and it, and it um, li- i like that you pointed that out it's like absurdly 70s as well which i love i th- i think that's awesome like if this was a period piece and you know you, like you showed it to me today i'd be like this is the coolest looking movie in the world you know what i mean like it's and and no one would make a period piece that looks like exactly this because, yeah exactly because yeah looking back on the 70s there's too much either nostalgia or yearning for a different time but when you're living in the 70s you're making a movie like that this movie is is capturing how sort of hellish and just unpleasant well and awkward and just like most of most of everything just looks awkward um which is kind of the point like that's that's i don't know it like high school especially for these characters is extremely awkward and extremely, you know, like socially outcasting. Like I wouldn't want this movie to look like something like dazed and confused, which is another like beautifully looking movie, but it's, it's kind of like a hyper stylized version of the seventies and like very, you know, very dazed. What's dazed is a hyper stylist. Well, it's not hyper stylist, but it's, it's a very like stylish take on, um, stylish and nostalgic take on the seventies. It's a, it's romantic. It's more yes, romantic. Yes. Um, well, we could talk about days. I, again, I think that's, there's more complex stuff with link later too, but this it's also, and it's definitely not because Isaac said something about me, uh, having an analysis or the themes. It's not about, I'm not talking about like themes or like me. Cause I, I guess I'm moved by the film, but in, when I'm talking about visuals and just the entertainment of the movie, I'm just talking about purely the craftsmanship, the aesthetic of it. And it's not, and I think one other difference is it's not, the movie isn't shots that are like one perfect shot or like beautiful yeah. stills you yeah. want to like have on your screensaver or your wall. It's it's the use of the camera to tell the story. Yes. That's so brilliant. The way he's using, like when he uses those diopter shots, they look cool you know if you're especially if you're like into camera stuff but it's also like he's telling the story he's telling you things about carrie and the dynamics between these characters with those shots and so there and there's just so many examples of it from using the slow motion you know in the prom scenes uh to show her kind of like feeling of joy and that sort of thing to the way her mother is shot in the house as this sort of you know imposing figure everything of the movie is so brilliantly thought out on a technical level um to dovetail with the movie on a story level yeah no i i agree um i think it's i think it's um interesting that you brought up a lot of movies try to be this film because those were the movies i was thinking about watching this movie you know as a as a casual movie watcher i was like wow there are moments in this film that remind me of troll 2 because (laughs) i've seen that that heaping trash fire and that was like entertaining and like really weird and out there um and this movie reminds me of that so like the fact that you guys are like saying oh it's this it's this beautiful meshing of things i'm like are you serious like those are like the garbage movies that i've watched that it reminded me of well i i mean I can't speak with authority because I've never seen Troll Two, but I would I would be willing to put a large sum of money that if you went and watched Troll Two, you would not you would not think it looks 
the same way as this movie, other than just the maybe just the grain of film or of the of the period. But well, it does not. No, no, no. I I think what it is is actually the movement of the cam- like the sporadic movement of the camera is just it, it's linked to movies that want to emulate that in the in a, in a modern setting, but like they just look really poorly done, I guess. And yeah. so I don't think that the the films like cinematography by any means is hindering the movie. It's just the last film I well not the last, but one of it's not it's not one of its like qualities that I would jump to. So I find it so interesting that you guys are like, oh my gosh, like yes, this movie is gorgeous. I'm like, are you serious? Like that's the last thing I want to talk about with this movie. Like, I mean, there's so many other things. I mean, the story in and of itself and what happens in the movie is way more interesting to me than how it looks like how it looks and the way it's put together. I'm like, okay. Yeah. It's a little zany. You know, I, I recognize that shot that they're spinning and dancing and it just goes faster and faster. And I remember thinking to myself, okay, (laughs) you know, like I was like, just, all right. Like I, I guess this is artistic, but it still doesn't like, to me, I was like, this doesn't make me like want to go out and shoot movies. You well, know, like I, that's when I, I, I will when say, I think of, um, sorry to cut you off, but I will say there, there's a couple of sequences that to me, and this is kind of the gauge that I have in terms of like visually striking movies. There's a couple of sequences that I have, basically just burned into my brain um as uh like almost like references in my mind so like so like that's that's a that's a key for me to be like okay this is this is something that's aesthetically um either important or impactful in my own sort of personal vision um and and what i think how i think about visuals um there's a handful of things in this movie that that keep coming back so um that that's just me personally but yeah i i mean like maybe on a couple other different viewings there's definitely scenes in the film that like stick with you like particular shots i mean the shot of the bucket up on the rafter is framed really well and you never forget it and there's you know the weird like I, yeah, like some of the the shots by the staircase um, in the like the attic and everything, like all that stuff is neat. But then it's just there's some there's some things about the camera work for me that were just that that added to the humor of the movie. And maybe that's just the the like me being a modern viewer. And whereas like I've been just so stunned and blown away by some of these old movies that I've watched, and I was like, this looks better than movies coming out this year. You know, like. So I'm just I'm surprised that like we wanted like you guys jumped to this right away because I'm like I did not feel that at a, at all like that's not the first thing I wanted to talk about with this film mm. so I mean I don't know Juzo do you want to close out any any thoughts about it? I know that you've you've said your piece but we can move on to like kind of characters and story and what the movie's saying um, well I, I I don't know the only thing I would say is just like is what well, like for a comparison or to or to sort of bring out what i'm saying because it's sort of it's sort of hard to communicate just verbally to someone why oh why this is so well shot or why this is so well constructed and again it's not just about like the beauty of the shots it's about effectiveness and character um it's like when i think about something like jennifer's body which is you know 
uh, not, not a one-to-one comparison, but they're similar genres of movies, certainly. Horror movies about teenage girls and adolescents. That movie, both movies have very compelling stories and very outlandish things happening. But one of those things has the 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 way the story is told is so detailed in the way it's thought out and the way it's constructed. And if you look at the way Jennifer's body is shot, it's, you know, it's your just shot reverse shot. There's not really anything that remarkable about the actual way she's telling that story in that movie. It's entertaining because you're like, oh, you know, this is a crazy thing happening, but it's not um, you're, you're not seeing anything close to that level of artistry in 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 a movie like that. And in most most horror movies, most horror movies, they just are like, we know we're going to scare you because there's a guy with a knife stabbing the naked girl like they they just are like, we can rely on that. But with De Palma, he's he's thinking about all these things really intimately. And, um, you know, I think that is what elevates because, I mean, I don't know if I would really, yeah, think the movie is that remarkable. If I if it wasn't for those things, I would just say, oh, this is kind of a crazy story. You know, it could just play as a fun sort of comedy or as, you know, something like that. But having it shot in this way, scored in this way, I think the score is so important. Um, it elevates it to really i think one of the best one of the best high school movies one of the best horror movies i've ever seen oh my goodness juzo do not diss jennifer's body like that like <laughs> i could not disagree with you more i can't even believe that you're saying that that movie you is like the aesthetics no of i jennifer's think i think body? i agree i think jennifer's body is like very boringly shot in turn in comparison 100 percent it's the biggest problem with the movie, really. Is, is Are you no guys kidding of, me? Like, she has no sense of direction. There's no sense of direction in that movie. I literally right? can't even believe... Like, that was one of the first things I picked up in that film. And maybe it's maybe it's because it's not, like, so far out there, but that film has, like, really wild cuts. Like, just super... Almost like Edgar Wright-esque pacing. And then, like, some of the framing and the shots and whatnot. Like, I'll never forget the scene where she's like strapped to the, the like the log in the middle of the forest, and you could see like the swirling like uh, like waterfall pit and everything. Like, there's there's so many moments in that movie that have like iconic looks. And yeah, I, mean, I mean, maybe whatever. maybe a, a stop clock is right, you know, twice a day, <laughs> and that movie occasionally does stumble on some artful. Sh- I mean, I I enjoyed the movie. I don't want to knock it too hard. But it's I mean, I mean, I can think of worse horror movies, including maybe even like the new Halloween. Like if you watch like the new Halloween versus the old Halloween or Carrie or Suspiria, other movies from that period, you know, it's got all the same scares. It's got more gore, uh, maybe even more nudity, but it's not um, it, it doesn't have the same effect, at least for me, because it's not there, there's none of that um, care put into it. Or maybe it's that it's not old Juzo. Oh, no. <laughs> Oh no! No, I'm not. It has nothing to do with being old because I, I mean, we don't need to get it. But I mean, like, there are movies that that have that same care. Mandy, Ari Aster's movies have that care. Mandy, yeah, Mandy does. Uh, Jordan Peele, I particularly us really does. Yeah, I agree. Um, Robert Eggers, I mean, come on, yeah, For sure. there's plenty For of Anna sure. Lily Amarpour. You know, there's tons of people who who do that, but um, but Jennifer's body is not one of them. I'm afraid, and uh, and Oof. Carrie does as well as any movie well i'm clearly missing something then because i mean (laughs) that's like i just i didn't pick up on any of it so interesting maybe you know what you know what though like i am more than open to watching this film again and looking for it i I, like i'm this would be a good one to do a commentary because i would be like pointing out things it's hard to kind of just like narrate 
stuff. But I would be pointing out even just like scenes where the girls are like working out with the gym teacher. The way he's shooting those scenes is on a high level. You know, he's not just telling you here's what's happening. He's telling you everything about the characters through. And again, not just the way it's shot, it's the way it's edited. It's the way the the performances are dialed. It's everything about the movie. Yeah, I mean, I think that's actually a good scene to reference uh, because you get a lot of emotion and also like, um, like I uh, that that scene in particular. There's a there's a moment where like the camera's tracking like the gym coach's like feet as she's walking, but then you're getting the reaction of the girls doing push-ups at the same time, and like the tension is building, and you get like kind of this like I I see it. I guess I guess for me. I just didn't recognize it on first viewing. And so like, I don't know, like for, yeah, I just, I thought that like my initial impression was, oh, this movie's trying to say something as a casual, I can kind of dissect some of it and I'm sort of laughing and enjoying it along the way. That's like kind of like my, it felt very surface level. And so I was really curious to get into this conversation because I know that Carrie has, a cult following that regards it as like a masterpiece, you know? And it's not, I'm not saying that it's not a masterpiece. I just didn't get the same like emotional, like, like, like I I didn't feel like I was striking gold. Like I have with some of the movies in the past, if that makes sense. I, I, Um, I think it's valid that you saying you just thought it was goofy and funny and you just enjoyed it. That's that's totally I I the only thing where I'm like you know I'm I start getting red in the faces is, is dissing the cinematography and that like that's the only thing I'm I'm really taking issue with but having that reaction because I think I had more of the reaction you're talking about when I first saw it which Me is too. and I, Me too. I assume yeah Cameron as well where it was oh it's just this is just a goofy delight you know with maybe some interesting ideas sprinkled in there but. I think it's the f- like fatalism of you know like knowing where it's going. It's all these different things. I, well, I do want to let's yeah. let's di- let's dive into that um, sequence, sort of the ending third of the movie, because um, I think it, it is really interesting how it's wound up in the first. I, obviously, like the first part of the movie is setting things up and kind of you know getting into into. Carrie as a character, you know, establishing a mother, but it's not like super important in terms of like what, you know, what actually happens. Um, the, I would say that last third is kind of where the meat of the movie comes in, um, and is where on first viewing, it's like the satisfying part of the movie, you know, where it's like, it's like, Oh, she, you know, um, she gets her revenge in some ways. And there's kind of this, this, you know, uh, there's the fake out ending, which a lot of horror movies do, but like, uh, you know, that kind of thing. But then on, on second viewing for me, it was way more impactful, sort of the lead up to, um, the bucket drop, which, you know, is kind of the classic, it's kind of spoiled on every, <laughs> on every it's, box, yeah, you know, it's, it's basically, Basically, everybody knows that image of Carrie. I I think we both knew about it before we saw the movie. Carrie doused in blood. Although you don't really know the context of what that is. You know, could be someone else's blood. But what you find out is it's actually just a terrible prank that's that's played on her that leads to the 
uh, <laughs> revenge and destruction of her entire school. So, um, which also I will say my, one of my favorite things in the movie, which is totally just throw away is the scene of her just flipping over the car with the two bullies in it, which is just so funny <laughs> and to me, Dude. even, even after, you know, knowing Incredible. like the, the depth and kind of like, um, like how ominous the movie is in a lot of ways after watching it a second time, um, that car flipping over scene is like one, the most satisfying thing ever. And two, like just awesome. It's so, it's so cool. Um, but, uh, I don't know. There's, there's something about that, that end sequence to me that has, um, it's like, it's like foreboding, like everything about it from her, you know, the mother obviously saying like, they're going to laugh at you. And, you know, why are you wearing that, that red dress when it's actually a pink dress, but, um, you know, and, and like, there's, there's like so many minor things in the lead up where you're like, you're like, Oh my goodness. And especially if you know what's going to happen, I think the movie kind of telegraphs to be honest. So like, um, it's not like you don't know, um, what's going to happen. You know, there's something wrong. Um, but you know, everything leading up to it is so, I think brilliantly paced. Um, cause remember it's only a 90 minute movie and you get the sense of like, this is like a plot against her. This is like a legit, you know, people are conspiring against Carrie. It's not just like a one-off thing. It's like, they're roping in, you know, other people, they're roping in the committee and whatever else they're like trying to set her up for this. Um, you get a sense of all the characters. Like it's almost yeah. like an ensemble piece, which is really impressive for a movie that's, you know, 98 minutes that you really, you get a lot of depth. I forgot how much like you follow the gym teacher mm-hmm. yeah. and the other girl and the mother, like all these characters are really, um, kind of beautifully fleshed out throughout. Yeah. Well, yeah. And, and the gym teacher, it's interesting because, um, I guess spoilers, but she dies. Uh, and you kind of get a sense that like it, there's a little bit of injustice there because she was the only one who was kind of sticking up for Carrie. But then you realize like, well, from Carrie's perspective, everybody's out to get her at that point. You know, there's no, there's no one who's like, who's innocent, which is why she burns the whole school down. Right. You know? So like, so like from Carrie's perspective, she feels like everybody is against her and you do, you, you do get that sense of like when you're, when you're in high school or when you're in, put in that position where you're, you know, being bullied or you're being, you know, hung out to dry, it feels like everybody is against her. And I think there's a shot too, where she's like laughing um, which is like, she, I think it's like Carrie's imagining. Yes. It's implied it's in her laughing. head. Um, you know, yeah. th- that the gym teacher is laughing. So like, um, yeah. And it, everything around that, I mean, that, that prom scene is just like beautiful and devastating. Unbelievable. Um, yeah. and so, I mean, it's just so heartbreaking at the same time, you know, like there's, yeah. I don't know what it is, but that, that scene will kind of forever be like live in my mind. Um, just as like beautiful, beautiful filmmaking all around. Um, at, and the whole thing where she, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. I was going to say just like as ridiculous as the movie is and kind of gets, 
um, that sequence, I think, you know, you could show anybody and, and it would pretty much stand the test of time. So, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um, what I was just going to say about the whole, the whole climax of the prom scene is it's, it's interesting how they do that where innocent people are killed. Cause there's, I was just thinking there's totally a version of this movie that maybe even would have been entertaining and certainly satisfying where that happens to Carrie and then it becomes like Django Unchained. Like it, it, mm. it becomes retributive violence against the bullies and you see the bullies get their come up. I mean, you do see them with the car, but by having it just be her entering kind of almost a fugue state and everyone being wiped out, it's, it's like has the fe- it totally has the feeling of a school shooting. I'm not sure if you guys are thinking mm. about that when you watch it, but mm. it totally feels like that, which is interesting because it sort of predates that being like a commonplace thing in uh society by about 20 years yeah um but it it has that sort of tragic feeling uh as you're watching this scene as much as it's over the top and operatic and and um almost funny but but you know when you see the the gym teacher get killed it's like it's like pretty pretty um pretty sad moment you know and it's uh yeah it, it's it's a very interesting mix of emotions because you it's it's cathartic and it's tragic and it's a little bit funny and it's over the way over the top, obviously. Um, but again, it's like, this is not a clash of things. This is not a flaw of the movie. It's, it's, it's a, it's a mark of the film's complexity. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. Isaac, do you have any thoughts about sort of the, um, climactic scene of the movie, I guess? Yeah, I, I think I was really curious to hear what you guys had to say about the ending because I'm not, Again, like I just, I always say this, I'm disclaiming it. Juzo and Cameron know way more about movies than I do, right? Um, I really like, I really felt that this movie has like a stink to it of like an early film being made by someone because it has a lot of great things that it's trying to say. And I don't think that it disregards them but it loses focus with having fun. And honestly, there's a side of me that's like, I would rather them just have fun, you know? Like, maybe you don't need to dig into all this stuff, but it could have been more effective if they leaned one way or the other. And, like, I know that a lot of people love this movie for what it is, and that's fine. Like, it is, like, this cool amalgamation of different things put put together. But to me... Like if I wanted to look at it from like at a with with my own critical eye that's very untrained, right? There's a side of me that's like, well, yeah, like it's it it is diving into these things. But when I see like this weird hose spraying people down, like I'm just cracking up at that point. Like I felt no sadness watching that scene. Like I was just like, this is just, oh my! Like there's explosions going off left and right, only for it to you know, conclude with just the most ridiculous, like, murder with that car. Like, I was just, (laughs) I was dying. I was, like, literally laughing, thinking to myself, like, you know what this reminds me of? Star Wars Episode Nine, where, like, that TIE fighter flies on the desert. And I was just, like, I couldn't keep it together. And then for the movie to, like, really switch, like, all of a sudden, like, become a horror movie in the last moment with the mother... I just felt like this very like uncomfortable, like, ha ha ha. ha. Like I was just like, so kind of 
broken down in some sort of way where I, you know and and i think like great horror has like the those those moments of relief but it's just weird when like that dance scene was horrific and funny to then a climactic ending with like the conflict between her and her mother not having any comedy at all basically right and so like i i don't know like my my when the when the credits rolled i was like thinking to myself i'm sure that there's a ton of stuff in there that is like what cinephiles love you know but I'll never forget the car blowing up upside down. And <laughs> yeah. that like and and to that, me that's what we love. love. <laughs> I mean, we love but that like too. does it not I I mean like you guys keep saying like oh it doesn't detract from like what the movie's trying to say. But it definitely detracted me from understanding what the movie was trying to say. That's what I'm trying to get across. It's like the comedy. Well, well, I'll just put it into perspective. It's not that the comedy is coming from out of nowhere or the or the juxtaposition, I guess, of those things are coming out of nowhere. Like these are these are happening. And there's from the very beginning from the very first scene there's that juxtaposition of being over the top and a little bit funny and a little bit grotesque and then diving straight into something horrific and it's not that they're unconnected it's that they're deeply connected in terms of um you know there's something in terms of life yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly well and there's there's Obviously, something a little bit grotesque about and funny and hilarious about, you know, uh, filming people in the locker room, you know, uh, twirl towels and, you know, prance around naked in slow motion. And then when you realize that, yeah, it's, you know, it's a locker room scene sort of for, you know, for fun but it's also a locker room scene that's like deeply impactful on the character and um, is something that is that is pretty horrific in terms of like in the actual context of the movie. That's when you're like, OK, well, it's not it's not that these two things are disconnected at all. Um, it's that they're balanced by each other in in a lot of ways. Like it's not like it would be different if the movie was like, you know, Carrie was was burning the the high school prom down and then she went outside and she was she made like a um you know a force awakens uh, yeah. a quip or something you know like it'd be you know she flips the car over and she looks at the camera and she's like she's like now like you know she says a one liner or something like it's not like that it's like the ridiculousness comes from not just the you know the the placement of everything but also the the actual scenario itself it's not that there's it's not that there's anything in contrast to each other but exactly the opposite it's it's that they're complemented by by each other in every way and i don't think the movie is trying to be it's not like it's it's going for gags or laughs no no the no. laughs come from being shocked and being horrified and I think it's also interesting because when Isaac is talking about laughing even in or laughing nervously, you know, in the scene with the mother at the end, you know, this is also just has to do with, you know, I think people just react differently. And also because we've seen the movie different number of times, you react differently to 
to things that are horrifying. And I think sometimes there can be a tendency and it, it depends on your personality, but, but from my uh, observation of like you, Isaac, like you're watching it and laughing, but it's like when you were talking about the Rosemary's baby ending in the last episode, you were talking, you were saying in different parts of the episode that it, you were, you were, you thought it was laughable and ridiculous. And you also found it to be incredibly upsetting and horrifying. And you were sort of saying that, but like, also saying like, but it's ridiculous and it's silly. But I think it's like, no, you have that reaction sometimes where it's you're just it's like when you throw up your hands, you're just like, you know, just sometimes like it happens in your own life when something so terrible happens and then maybe like another terrible thing happens and you just can't help but laugh at just the absurdity of that thing happening. And I think the film is is somehow capturing that feeling in the same way that it's 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 throughout the film, it's capturing um truth about about uh what it's like to be high in high school what it's like to be a young person and in sort of operatic terms where it's not again it's not realistic it's not um people are talking in a way that's exaggerated the way it looks is exaggerated everything is heightened but it's like through you know most people who are bullied in high school don't have pig's blood thrown on them but somehow when you watch that scene you're like, that's that's what high school feels. I mean, I didn't even really get bullied in high school. But when I watch that prom scene, I'm like, that's what it feels like to be in high school. Yeah, that, that there's the contrast of the absolute joys and beauty and exultation of falling in love and being, you know, young and then being, you know, just a metaphorical cold bucket of water thrown on you and just like the worst emotions and feelings of high school uh going on at the exact same time and it's like through ridiculous terms and ridiculous events the film is somehow speaking to that to that truth yeah i mean i like i can definitely see how you draw that parallel but i don't know like i felt a very different discomfort with rosemary's baby which i like i don't I never I don't think I like like that film too much on a subjective level but I think my respect kind of grows for it even within the last few weeks it's sort of what you're talking about that end scene like teetering on the strange line of like discomfort and also like you know commentary and scariness like there was just something about it that that sticks and with it's you. funny it is it is funny they're all yeah. yelling i don't know if you don't like me to yell hail the s word <laughs> but they are it's it go once she's walking in and they all start yelling that it is funny but it's also like the most horrifying thing ever um, yeah and it, yeah but, but, it but i but i will say that like with with carrie i agree with you about the bucket scene like i think that scene your heart like kind of stops even though you know exactly what's coming and it's rough. Like, that scene is rough to watch. It's just, like, it's followed with, like, slapstick. L- like, r- serious slapstick. I-, I-, I don't know how you can look at that the death scenes and be like, this is sad when there's, like, a fire hose throwing a guy across the room. Like, oh, I don't think I don't think those death scenes are sad. No, I, I don't think so. I don't know if they're sad, really, but it's just... To me, it's just interesting that you are... Because it is just the fact that you watch it and it's hilarious. But when you actually think about, even when you think about that she blew up the van, or that she blew up the car with the two main bullies in it, 
obviously you're like clapping your hands and stomping your feet and you're delighted that it happened because you hate them so much. But if you even even if you really extrapolate that as if it was real life, you'd be like, that's not a justified self-defense <laughs> kill. Like, well, even that no, thing is no, not really that. You know, that one is guess, that oh, one they, is they justified. Yeah. <laughs> that one's like so, maybe okay, the fine. only death that's pretty much justified. Yeah. yeah, that one you feel pretty unambiguously yeah. about. I'll, I'll give yeah. it that. But, but the oh, point oh, being that. You're you're laughing as people are getting electrocuted or whatever. But then you also think um, about how. But, but, but again, there's the there's the contrast where yeah, there's kind of something funny about, um, and not that scary when she's like you know she's like spraying everybody with a fire hose, and then the whole building lights on fire, and you're like, oh my yeah. goodness, <laughs> you know, like, and it is, and, and it, when then she it, walks out of there and it's on fire, behind and it her, turns that's scary, a haunting image, yeah. yeah. Um, and, yeah, and, you're, it's true. When when the fire when the fire hose is like going around <laughs> like this, it's it is it is it's that's comical. And again, like, that's funny. I think he knows it's comical. Yes, yeah. I totally agree. And he's he's bringing it back to that original shower scene, which so much of the movie comes back to, with the sort of phallic mm, head on the yeah. on the fire hose, and right. um, just kind of how uh, ridiculous and funny that is. And then, um, it 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 tur- it takes a turn you know like that's that's what's so brilliant about the movie is like it's on one hand yes it is super ridiculous and super funny and super over the top um and then on the other hand you're like this isn't funny really this is kind of scary actually and so like th- you you're it's not that you're um Isaac, it's not that you're wrong. Like there, there are step slapstick moments in this movie that are <laughs> that are genuinely awesome and hilarious. Like there's no there's no doubt about that. I I have no qualms about saying that the car scene is you know the most hilarious, awesome thing ever. Um, yeah, I laughed out loud when that. Happened. Yeah, exactly. But, but but also it's like different notes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But also like that doesn't. It's it's not that there's not terrifying things in the movie um and serious things in the movie uh so so i i think i think that the challenge for a movie like this is to be overwhelmed with the ridiculousness and i don't think it is at all um so that that's i mean that's my take i think i mean if you feel differently that's you know i think could be subjective but i i don't i don't think this movie gets away from you know how serious it it gets at points i i don't know i just i because i kind of anticipated the conversation going in this direction where like you guys were going to pull out all this all these like kind of incredible things about the filmmaking and all this stuff and i honestly knew that carrie had um sort of some clout around it and then to watch it i was I was just kind of like almost like I felt like I was disconnected from that like that 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 movie lover like cinephile thing for a second cuz I was like this is just so stupid like like I'm like I just I know you what you guys are saying like I'm sure that there's some incredible things about this movie but the fact that anyone would pitch this movie as that as your first viewing is just wrong like, that's what I want to say. That was, like, the one thing I wanted to make clear on this podcast. Like, if you go watch this movie, have fun with it. And as a matter of fact, I know that you oh, yeah. and yes. Juzo Agreed. feel Agreed. the same. Yes. Like, <laughs> I just I just can't believe how much, like, people want to 
overanalyze this this movie in some ways because I'm like, it is kind of this amalgamation of of things, and I kind of want to just leave it that way. Mm-hmm. That that's kind of how I felt about it. I I didn't feel like I needed to rush back and dig into this stuff and maybe there will be a point where i'm into that but i really think that this movie is is a good time and a hundred percent agree i want to i want to make something clear i want i want to make something clear is that i i not only agree with you about that's the way you should go into this movie but i feel that's the way you should go into most move uh, most movies that are not like there are some movies where you're not really going in to be like I'm having a great time like the Irishman you don't really go in like that's a movie where you're going into like really be confronted with something really profound not to like be like oh I'm having a great if you go into that it's not gonna work but most movies I am in complete agreement that you I, I don't think you should be thinking about this stuff and the stuff that I'm saying I'm not even it's not even stuff I was really consciously thinking about in the movie it's just stuff that and this is like i why i like when we sometimes disagree on the podcast because it forces me to then like dig into my brain and like construct the arguments about why something is effective but to me it's just effective it's not i'm not going thinking about this is working because a is fitting into b and he's fitting the tone here and the notes are hitting in this way they just are hitting that way and it's it's hitting my subconscious in this way that I don't even have to think about. But mm. I don't I don't at all recommend I, I think it's I think it's a, a, a trap a lot of people can fall into. And I, I mean I'm sure it's happened with you, both of you guys, but especially you, Isaac, as you've you've sort of been getting into films more seriously over the last year, where it's um there's a tendency when you're like on the precipice of taking films more seriously, you start going into them and becoming overly analytical i'm i'm never i'm very uninterested in watching movies uh in an analytical way even the irishman frankly i don't really it's not interesting to me in that way it's about how it hits your emotions and then you sort of can um reverse engineer why you're having those feelings no i 100 percent agree and that is that is a fantastic point in trying to justify this movie obviously we're we're pulling apart things that we find interesting or under the surface level right but that doesn't mean that you should go into it with the expectation that this is like the most profound movie ever you should just go into it to have an awesome time because it is an awesome time like that's what kind of what we're trying to point out is that is that regardless of of sort of anything deeper it's just a it's just like a fun movie you know, like, like there's no, I have no other justification for showing you this movie, Isaac, other than it's just amazing fun and is just a good time and is an example of a horror movie that gets both the balance of humor and horrific things and, um, a time in someone's life, you know, like this, this sort of this triple threat of what a horror movie can be at certain points is like is like totally you know like that's why i love this movie is because it's just like it's all these things at once and you don't have to analyze it you don't have to like take it apart it's not like i guess we did just sit here for like an hour and a half and and uh (laughs) pick things apart but it's not like that's not the point of 
you know this movie necessarily so i i agree with you there and it's like but it's the same like when we're walking out of the theater seeing mad max i'm not watching mad max i'm going like this is so profound in the way it's tackling this idea but when you walk out of the theater then you kind of you let those just the pure experience of it reverberate especially when it's a something that great Mm -hmm. and i think even though i didn't laugh as much as just a pure experience, it was as enjoyable to watch as it was back in our dorm room. It was just interesting to me that with all that enjoyment, all the just the pure fun of watching the movie, there was that sort of sadness. And I think that's um, a, a mark of a really great work. Of, I mean, even even The Irishman, very funny movie in yeah. place, very yeah. funny movie. Um, and and I think when you when you hit that zone where you're hitting these different notes and they are. Um, they are not they are consonant they are not dissonant notes even though they're different they all they all feel of the same chord yes um, that's a really great place for a film to work yes yes coming together yeah, as a I, chord i t- totally agree yeah yeah that's kind of a mick LaSalle idea yeah. i just want to put make sure that's uh credit where credit's due yeah ahead, i don't so. i don't want to drag this out for for too much longer i do think that um juzu i do agree with you whenever we have a little bit of like a discussion around a tiny bit of a, 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 like disagreement. It really brings out like some flavor in the podcast. So thanks for, I mean, like, again, like I really appreciate you, you know, taking up to bat. I know I kind of dug into you, but I was like, Oh, this is going to be good. I got it. <laughs> please, I got please it. Do. I know. I, I, I'm, I'm frankly kind of annoyed how much less of a podcaster I am whenever I'm, it's just in agreement with people. So yeah. Oh yeah. Like no, the best no. work I've done in a long time. Actually. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, I do want to say like, almost as a as a closing idea and i don't know if this i don't want this to be taken as a knock against the film but you know there was a lot of movies mentioned and talking about how this film is taken on like kind of this base enjoyment level and then you can kind of begin to dig out all these things about it later and i i do think that that's like that happens with a lot of great great movies where i want to kind of deviate or maybe expand upon for someone that's casual is that I'm curious about how some films make me feel like like I'm experiencing that dissection even on the first viewing. Does that make sense? Like, I watch The Irishman and I'm in it for the ride and I'm kind of taking it at surface level but almost instantaneously before the credits roll it's digging into me about something that I didn't even expect to get out of the film. Even, even Mad Max, which was mentioned, which is just taken on a surface level. That was one of the first films I ever really like noticed color and cinematography in a way that just blew my mind. Like, and I wasn't even trying to pay attention to that. Like I was like, I'm just here to have a good time. I was there to watch it with Cameron. Right. And suddenly it's, it's diving into this like, very cinephile-esque topic for me. And I was I was kind of like, I as I'm thinking about this film, right? This movie has those aspects about the movie. Maybe I'm too tired. Maybe I wasn't prepared or had the right expectations to begin to dive into those. But like, what makes some movies like have that I don't, I don't know what it, I don't know what the word I'm looking for is, but it has something that like brings a depth or like a cinephile esque analysis to the forefront almost immediately that Carrie does not have for me. 
You know, does that kind of make sense? What I'm saying? I, I think I understand what you're saying. Like a what, a movie that where you where you get it the first time, the first time you yeah. watch it. Yeah, yeah. I I don't even know if there's a really a hard and fast rule for that because there are so many movies that I've I saw one time, like the movie On the Rocks last year. I feel like I watched that and I just got it. Like I I got everything she was trying to say and I was just like, this is a brilliant movie. But there are movies that I've come to. I mean, like The Irishman now is probably like in my top five of the last decade. When I saw it the first time, I don't think it would have cracked the top 300 movies of the. I mean, I thought it was like really a flawed movie. And so and obviously I'm that me of 2019 in the theater was wrong about that. And I, I don't think it's. I don't know if it, I really can fault the movie because I mean sometimes it is just being tired, but sometimes it's just sometimes you just you just get the movie in a certain way. I mean I felt like I got Carrie more this time than the last time, mm. and there's there just I I can think of so many. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood I saw so many times. Fury Road, great example of a movie where I think another thing that happens is um, in 2015 when I saw that movie. I probably was overthinking certain elements of like what a movie is supposed to do where I'm going this movie Fury Road it's brilliantly crafted but it's light on the character and it needs to have more depth and character and needs to have more uh, development it doesn't have the same development as other movies from that year but watching it now which was my fifth time watching it um, I'm going like why why did I set these parameters that a movie needs to hit. The movie is brilliant on its own terms. It creates its own terms. And there's no need for me to um, sort of be so kind of like um, create a rubric for it. Um, it just and it just it just hit me. And and I and also, you know, certain things that maybe just have changed in the world. I mean, there's like so many factors, like the, the impact that movie had watching it in like this year and the feeling of of uh, dystopia and apocalypse and and hope coming out of it I felt was like so profound and so beautiful I was like so I was moved like I was watching like Schindler's List at the end of the movie I was like I was like in tears watching that movie I was it was so it was like so beautiful you can't so, oh my gosh All I'm the, not joking it's just it, I'm not, it brings me back to like what we're talking about with this movie though and that, this is like what cracks me up okay because like this I wasn't movie, in tears watching Carrie. <laughs> I know, but like this movie has the car flip and you're talking about Mad Max like bringing you to tears and the first thing I think about is those big like breast milk thing <laughs> things. <laughs> I'm just like, it's incredible. Everything. What the heck incredible. are you talking about, Juzo? You know, the but. breast milk pumps are, are, yeah. And then those those women who you see the breast pump, they're the ones who, who open the water valves at the end. Oh my, it's like, oh, oh, it's, it's so beautiful. It's such a great, it's, it's so wonderful. I mean, we um, agree. I love that film. I think it's it's awesome. I just oh yeah. man. Well, and sometimes it takes you five viewings to appreciate that and, and and realize it's not a four and a half star, but a five star movie. Well, you know? Isaac, Isaac um, I do want to. I think this is actually a good direction for the for the show to go in a lot of ways because I think that in in some ways maybe that. I, I don't know. I don't want to say like it's the difference between like people who are like casually watching movies and uh, like I don't I don't think that's true. But I think there's something that you're hitting on that is that is very true with the way that we watch movies, the way that we all watch movies as people who are like deeply enveloped in, you know, in movie culture and whatnot um and people who you know barely watch movies i think there is something 
and the question that you're hitting on is like, what makes a movie meaningful to you basically? Um, and that is something that I think we have to address, um, continually going, you know, forward with, with the movies that we watch, which is, um, a lot of movies make, you know, are a lot of movies are meaningful to you in different ways for different reasons. Um, and it's, it, it actually is kind of important to think about that when you, you know, when you watch a movie for the first time, yes. When you, you, you know, when you have like the immediate reaction of like, Oh, like I really loved that movie. Um, but then I think, especially as you rewatch a movie that you've, you've really connected with, you start to question what does this mean to me and what what meaning have i taken from this movie what what sort of have i what almost like what further knowledge have i been granted from you know from this viewing or like from from this experience like what is it what is it what is it imparting onto me um i think that's a really good question and i i don't i wouldn't say like I wouldn't say that's like only for people who are, you know, cinephiles or whatever. Like, I think, I think that's something that everybody, that everybody implicitly asks whether they know it or not. Um, mm. so. I, I always say that my friend Adam watches movies more correctly than almost anyone <laughs> I know. Cause his experience is purely just, whether it's a Richard Linklater movie or a Marvel movie, it's just purely of like, that was awesome. It's, there's nothing more complex. He's not thinking about form. He's not thinking about ideas. He's just experiencing the movie. And maybe, yeah, it's a little bit non-intellectual and he doesn't, he couldn't really art, maybe articulate why. But I feel like as I've gone through the last 10 years of my life from my first kind of like wanting to really explore film seriously, I'm, it's like I've, I've gained more understanding and knowledge, but wanted to come closer and closer to that it's like I, I started to go more and more like this means this and this means this. And then I've dovetailed back to like, oh, that rocked. That was awesome when the flamethrower shot out of the guitar <laughs> and they played the drums on the back of Mad Max Fury Road. Like that's that is like, I think, the ideal way to watch a movie. And then the nice thing of then knowing stuff about, you know, more about movies and history and everything like that and form is then you can actually like break down why it's so so effective as opposed to just saying it was awesome i don't know why but it was awesome it's like the the high so. iq and the low iq meme you know the the meme graph where it's like <laughs> the the high iq and low <laughs> iq are the same then the middle is like <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 i'm telling yeah. you guys it's not that hard just sit there and just bleh. that's what i usually do <laughs> for these movies yeah. so yeah the unfortunate thing is i can't now i can't watch a movie that's just like a brainless move like i watch fast and furious i can't just be like oh that was a good time because i just get annoyed because it just that looks like cgi that's that cuts terrible that i watched quantum of solace the second craig bond movie i was just getting pissed off the entire time like this is incoherent <laughs> what even is going on what characterization is weak i was just like it just didn't work you know so you you, you start to become more of a snob in that way but be free but things, juzo be free but the things that the things that are good you then appreciate yes. more which is yes, nice i agree yeah well, I think I think that's a perfect conclusion for the for this episode. We've run long. I feel like I don't know for if you guys are watching this on YouTube, if this even goes up with a video feed. My camera died and I switched cameras <laughs> halfway through this. It's fine. So, uh, I'll put it up. I'll just, you know, it's it's all good. Yeah, we're uh, 
yeah, I, I don't, we, we got to close it out. I feel like we could have talked about so many other things and Carrie, I like, there's a great conversation and critique of religion in this film that I actually yeah. liked a lot. Um, and yeah. that's coming from someone who's a Christian, who's worked for a church. I got to tell you something like, I could have went on this whole theological rant in this film about uh, different ideas of religion around purity um, and kind of the, con- I guess, the construed nature of that. You know, you can go for it if you want to, because I'm I'd love to hear this, but maybe uh, maybe another time. I don't maybe know. you know what? Honestly, for I'll tell you what. If you want to hear my opinions on this subject, make sure you come to the Discord movie <laughs> like viewing thing that we're doing. All right. Okay. Which okay. is uh we are gonna watch a movie together through Amazon like Prime watch party thing. Cameron is making it happen. If you want to join our Discord. You can go on Patreon. There's a link to join it there. We are going to post about it on socials. Join the Discord and make sure to be there. Cameron, do we have a date and time yet for that? Not yet, but um, we'll uh, we'll figure it out and announce it. It's still kind of early in the uh, um, in the month, so we'll, we'll be sure to nail down a date by. Are you able to say the movie? No, not yet. So I've, we're still trying to figure it out. Okay. It's it's like it's moving parts. We're gonna we gotta solidify everything. Um, but I will say. I'm sure, and hopefully you agree with me, Isaac. I'm sure when we do this, we're just gonna hang out and have a good time, and like you know, it's gonna be like super chill and relaxed. Like it's not gonna yes. be, you know, it's we're gonna be watching the movie, yes, but we're also just gonna be like hanging out with the community. So it's not, you know, it's like no pressure. Like don't be, don't be like, oh, I gotta be quiet because they're doing the show. You know, it's like, yeah, I just wanna, yeah, yeah. we're I just gonna have talk fun. To Tim Smith for the first time. <laughs> I'm so excited to meet Tim. Yeah, oh, Darren well, too. All these guys. I mean, I feel like we could we could dive into that and go for another hour. Um, but I'd like to touch on it. You know, I think so, having some commentary about religion, I'm not afraid to talk about that at all. Um, we got a little bit into it with the last episode, but we'll have to we'll have to explore it, Cameron. I think I think uh, yeah, I agree. It's 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 a it's a hot topic for sure, and this movie it brings up some really some really good stuff. So. Who knows? Maybe we'll do something uh, for the commentary track just aimed around Horror Month and I'll sneak it in there. Or if there's time when we're hanging out for the movie, I'll kind of dive into that openly or something like that. But uh, yeah, Juzo, thank you for your time coming on the show. We hope to have you on more often. Seriously, thank you. Thanks for having me. I, this is a great discussion. I, yeah, I, and I really enjoyed revisiting the movie. It's delightful. Me too. I enjoyed watching it for the first time. We usually slap a rating on movies at the very end of the show. Uh, we give it a rating for everyone, for the casuals, for the curious, and for the cinephiles. I'm telling you, don't watch this movie as a cinephile. Just watch it as, you know, a for everyone movie. Just go in, have fun with it. It's crazy. You know, it's it's a rated R horror film from the late 70s. It's going to be in your face. And I think it's hilarious. But, <laughs> I mean, I, I'd say it's for everyone. And... What's cool is that I think you can kind of climb the spectrum of rating and get really deep into it, as you heard from Juzo and Cameron. Cameron, your rating? Yeah, I, th- I agree. It's for everybody, just in terms of how awesome and hilarious and fun it is, um, more than anything. That's like the base, like, signal level um, of the movie. And then on top of it, like you said, like, there's, there is actually something a little bit more that's going on. And then just like something a little bit more that's going on. And then, you know, like, you can, you can kind of graduate with the movie. Um, I, I, but, 
regardless of anything else, like the the on top analysis, it's just such a fun movie. Like there's like there's there's no question about it. It's just awesome. Juzo. Yeah, I would. Um, I mean, I don't want to spend, you know, even more of your guys time debating the rating system because, you know, I have like thoughts about the whole <laughs> I don't think any movie is for everyone. But I mean, in terms of like the way you categorize stuff, I would say it's in the everyone category and that I think the likelihood is most people this movie is access, is is very accessible because mm. you could you could you could really, you know, again, dig really deep into it or just be like, that was really ridiculous, but fun. Uh, I have a hard time imagining anyone would be bored by this movie. Um, it's and it's yeah, it's just great, great piece of entertainment and and a great work of art in my estimation. Um, yeah, great. Well, that pretty much wraps it up. If you enjoy the show, we've shielded enough. You can figure it out. There's going to be a last part at the end of the episode. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you for supporting the show, especially giving us a great month last month. We're excited to get more into horror films. We got a couple more to watch, so we will see you next Monday. Cinema Spectator is an ECFS Productions podcast that is fully funded on Patreon.com. Shout out to our producers, Darren O'Neill and Tim Smith, for supporting the show and to the rest of you that support us at Patreon.com slash ECFS Productions. If you want to learn more about the benefits you can get, check out our Patreon. The show cannot happen without you great listeners, so we thank you for all your kindness and support. Music.